It's green for go. They're racing. He says go. He says Tara. And Tiger Tara rolls away from them on the home turn. Here comes another big boil over. Equine athleticism at its best. The king is in the castle once more. This is in one race. The rest are almost in another post. She is a star with a capital S. It's going to be a triple treat. A miracle three-peat. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed history here at Menangle. What about that? It's getting right up on the sprint lane and it's going to bolt in. Hello and welcome to another Sunday session, another episode of the Sprint Lane Podcast for Harness Racing New South Wales. My name is Greg Hayes and as usual it is great to have your company on this Christmas Eve. Can I take this opportunity to say Merry Christmas to each of you listening. I hope you have a great Christmas period with plenty of winners. If you're out on the roads, travel safely. No Menangle this week or next, but there is still plenty of harness racing across the state of New South Wales, so it gives me plenty to talk about as per usual. First up on the show this week, we're going to talk to Bailey McDonough, a young horseman who looks to have a big future in front of him. As regular listeners would know, I love to talk to first-time winners on the program, and while Bailey has driven plenty of winners in his short career, he did win his first race at Menangle on Tuesday as a trainer with Celestial Gossip, so his first Menangle winner. Celestial Gossip is a pretty special horse for Bailey. He also provided him with his first training win of his career earlier in the year when he won a race at Penrith. Bailey has a pretty busy Christmas coming up and is actually going to spend the festive season in Sweden. So I do thank him a lot for making himself available for this Christmas edition of the Sunday session. Also on the show this week is Robbie Morris. Maitland's intercity pace has always been a good race and plenty of very smart horses have used this race as a springboard to bigger and better things. Well, the heats of the inner city pace were run at Maitland on Friday night, and Robbie Morris drove all three heat winners. So it's hard to go past Robbie. He's going to join me to have a chat about those three winners. Might also ask him about his inner dominion experience a week ago. We spoke to him prior to the barrier draw, and there's been a lot of water flow under the bridge since then. So there's a great deal to chat with him about this week. Normally, I run through the Menangle Express each show, where I look at every race on a Saturday night at Menangle. No Menangle, I thought I might go in-depth on the three heats of the inner city pace and see if I can spot next week's winner. Mr T is still trying to go past me in our tipping challenge and he has sent through another couple of tips. I've watched the replay of my tips at Goulburn last week a hundred times and every time I want to be on Rock and Roll Gig at $8 and somehow every time it just finishes second. But oh well, there's always next week. So, a full show. Let's get into the Christmas spirit and catch up with trainer driver Bailey McDonough. The leader is still giving here, Celestial Gossip, at Boulder's odds. Out after it now, Teresa Love and Freddie Singh is letting down with a good run. It's Celestial Gossip coming at it as Freddie Singh. Late down the outside, Carlo Gambino, but it's going to go all the way. Celestial Gossip in a boil over. Celestial Gossip has won it. Second and third at the wire goes the way of Freddie Singh and the fast-finishing Carlo Gambino. On this show, we like to catch up with people who win for the the first time, whether they be trainers, drivers, well, this young bloke won his first race as a trainer at Menangle on Tuesday. That was the last race at Menangle for the year, and Bailey McDonough is joining me to have a chat. Hello, Bailey. How are you? Good, guys. How are you? Really, really well. Mate, Celestial Gossip. He's going to be a, a pretty special horse that you remember forever. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, he'll, he'll be always remembered as one of my first, um, and, uh, you know, he's really uh, cementing his sort of place in, in my heart for a long time. 
So take us back. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll actually we'll talk talk about Tuesday first up. Um, came to it came as a shock to some of the punters, but if you'd been watching his last few starts, he'd been racing pretty well. So were you confident going into the race? Yeah, I was actually really confident. I um, it was just a matter of if he could get to the top. Uh, he's a he's sort of a noted front runner, and um, his runs fr- coming from behind had sort of uh, not been in a surprise that they were very good. So. Um, yeah, I was confident. If he got to the front, he was going to run a really good race. And sort of once we got there in those cheap sectionals early, um, he was allowed to just keep rolling, and and he did the rest himself. What were you thinking at the top of the straight? Did you think that you were going to be able to have the kick you needed? Um, in the back of my mind, I knew it was there. Uh, I was still still a little bit doubtful, but um, he pulled through and, and gave me what I thought he had. Um, but uh, yeah, it's always a uh, uh, always a thought in the back of your head. You don't know if you've got this horse 100% right or not, but uh, yeah, he proved uh, that I did. Mate, his run the start before, when he ran fourth um, behind Teresa Love, his last 80, 90 metres that day proved that the horse was, was firing on all cylinders. Yeah, he um, he doesn't have that high point-to-point speed. Um, it sort of takes him a little bit to wind up. And, and uh, like you said, his, his actually last three sectionals were all um, in, in just covered around 27 and a bit, so... Uh, I was I was stoked with him that day, um, and I think that probably just you know if you weren't looking too closely, it left him out a little bit under the radar for this week. But um, if you anyone that watched him and sort of took note, you you would have had him uh, finishing a bit closer um, Tuesday just gone. Yeah, um, tell us tell us the story behind him because you had a bit to do with him. Um, he's had a few homes in his career, but during uh, his time with the Tubbs team. Yeah, um, yeah, sort of just before I started um, with uh, Jeff Tubbs and. Uh, and Greg, I, uh, he was one of the first horses that I got to drive there. Um, and then uh, once I started working there, I developed a little bit of a, a relationship with him. And um, he, he was a little bit of a character and uh, loved to go out on the track and uh, be a little bit full of himself. But I tend to get along with him pretty well. And, and uh, yeah, it sort of cemented a, a nice relationship between us. And um, the wind sort of just kept coming between us. So um, obviously a little bit of luck, but I, I enjoyed driving him and, and the way I, I had to drive him. And um, yeah, sort of. Uh, it was a bit of a sad day when he had to leave for South Australia. The owners are from there. And um, it wasn't until uh, probably four or five months ago that I saw he wasn't really probably racing to his um, true ability. And whether or not that's just uh, um, the style of racing in South Australia didn't suit his, his rolling speed. But I um, contacted the owners and, and see if they were interested in sending him over. Um, and he was there by the end of the week. It didn't take you long to uh, to get him into form either. First start up at Penrith, and he was too strong. Yeah, he was really good. I, uh, it took about three months to sort of get him to where I really wanted him to. Um, yeah, I didn't really have any issues or anything. Just uh, just didn't have a lot of condition on him. But um, I was really happy with him going into Penrith, and uh, yeah, he uh, he proved me right again. Just going back to that time when he was with Jess and Greg, 18 drives you had on him and you won six races. So you did build up that rapport pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Um, I don't think there's been another horse quite like that for, for myself in terms of um, in results. But, you know, yeah, even even outside the racing uh, scene between him and I, you know, we've got a pretty special um, uh, connection. So what's the plans with him now? Um, I'm uh, going to get him treated now. Um sort of just with the Noman Angle racing for the next couple of weeks. Um, good time to sort of get him checked over and, and see what he needs. He's a bit of an old horse, so he's a bit jointy in that. But, um, yeah, once we sort of press through that, like he'll – he's won a few Metropolitan races down in Victoria, but he, he um, obviously dropped those points back in South Australia. So 
he can essentially go into a, um, a Metropolitan Maiden uh, at Menangle uh, in a couple of weeks' time. So uh, we'll be aiming for that. And he, you've taken him to Penrith, obviously, where he's won. But is Menangle his go because of that, that, that long speed that he's got? Yeah, I think so. I, I was always keen to get him up here um, when uh, Jess was training him and that. I just thought that he'd be great fun to drive up here, just that, that rolling, sustained speed. And um, and uh, we'd, it just never eventuated. So um, I think he, I was a little bit iffy if he could handle the speed up here. Um, and I wasn't 100% sure. That's why I left him out to put him in a Penrith first up and, and see if I could get some money with him. But um, he, uh, yeah, he was really good on on uh, Tuesday and so if he continues that you know he'll be more than uh, capable of following this this hot speed up here but um, yeah just sort of proved The owners must be tickle pink with how he's going Yeah they're wrapped um, I uh, I sort of give them high hopes when I um, when, you know when Penrith start was sort of coming up and and um, I was just going to leave him out without a trial and sort of the uh, I don't know how long it had been since he raced. But obviously, that rule's come in now in New South Wales that you can't have um, can't have gone too long without a trial. Mm. So I um, had to start him at trials, but I had him nominated for a race at Menangle, and then that uh, then I didn't get a start because I needed to trial, and then I had to trial, and then the next race fell over for him, and it was a sort of a long process. But they were they were kind to me and stuck with me, and they showed a lot of patience. So I'm uh, grateful for for them. So when he won at Penrith, was that your first training win? Yeah, first training win, yeah. So tell us a little bit about the Bailey McDonough story, uh, where you've come from and how long you've been in the game. Um, so I originally started in Western Australia um, and I drove there for about seven years. Um, I, started, I started, obviously went through the pony trots and then I started driving from as early as I could, which was 16, um, going into 17 and that. And um from there, I uh, about three years ago now, I moved to Victoria to take up a job with uh, Emma and uh, Emma Stewart, um, and sort of I met my dad for the first time as well. So that was a, a bit of an experience in itself, um, but that was you know a really good uh, learning a learning curve. Um, and then from there, I um, I went I went around the place and sort of worked at David Aikens while in Victoria and and uh, along alongside Jess Tubbs as we mentioned earlier. Um, and it wasn't until about seven or eight months ago that I uh, sort of made the move, uh, the decision to make the move up to New South Wales. How, how are you enjoying it in in, uh, in Sydney? Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, the weather is uh, the best part of it. I keep telling everybody, you know, just, just from going to Victoria where it rains 300 days of the year, um, it's, a, it's a huge uh, climate change for me. But in terms of the racing and that, the lifestyle is a lot better. And, yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. And um, what are your plans going forward? Um, yeah, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I sort of was just keen on getting my uh, training license and just ticking a few over, but I think I've sort of caught into that bug a little bit more now and I want to expand the team while uh, driving as much as I can. But, um, yeah, I think that's definitely the pathway I want to go down. And what are the, what are the plans for you over Christmas? Um, we're actually going to Sweden tonight. So it'll be yeah, a, me and Sophia. That'll be a, a nice, a nice getaway for you. A bit cold, but it'll be a nice getaway. Yeah, it'll be very cold. Not, uh, like I said, not my scene, but um, 
No, it'd be very nice. I've never been outside the country, so it'd be a great experience. And in terms of, is it training? You said there you've been bitten by the bug a little bit, but has training sort of become um, more important to you in the in the last couple of months because of a horse like Celestial Gossip? Yeah, for sure. Um, it sort of makes a difference when you've got those horses that you you really uh, you really want to see get going and you know get the results for, but it. Um, it definitely helps grow that passion um, with a horse like him. But um, it wasn't sort of – I was always keen on doing the driving full-time if I could, um, but it wasn't, yeah, what, probably 12 months ago. Um, so I, the interest sort of in training sparked in me, but I uh, kept it on the back burner and, until I moved up here. And um, Yeah, I can have a feeling it's going to take over. How many horses you got at, up outside of Celestial Gossip? Um, just one other, a, a yearling filly. Okay. And um, showing ability or hasn't done much? Hasn't done a lot. I'm just starting a second preparation now. So um, she seems right from what she did in the first prep and, uh, you know, fingers crossed she, she does a job. Well, mate, you're, uh, you're kicking plenty of goals. You're doing a really good job and we wish you all the best of luck after Christmas and going forward. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. There he is, Bailey McDonough, joining us to have a chat about Celestial Gossip winning on Tuesday. Time for a look at the Menangle Express. Of course, tonight we've got no racing at Menangle, but we did have heats of the intercity pace at Maitland on Friday night. So I thought I might just run through the three heats and have a look at uh, those three events. Uh, heat one of the intercity pace, or did she do it start at $3.40? in a wide-open event. After drawing barrier one, she was able to kick through in the early stages, held pretty comfortably. Valiant Charger and My Furioso Toro locked wheels on the first turn, and it took a little bit of time before they were able to free themselves, and within a lap, Valiant Charger had been withdrawn from the race. Did she do it? Wasn't pressured at all with Lydia's art outside it. Sonic Express behind it, and Stickman three pegs back uh, three back on the marker pegs. With two laps to go, Indusky moved around to sit, outside the leader and a little bit more speed was injected into the race 63.6 lead time followed by 32.6 and 29.8 through to the half COD made a move three wide inside the final lap but the leader had everything made to water and was doing it really easily and the horses on the pegs were sitting and hoping for a lot of luck as they approached the final turn all of the horses off the pegs had run their race did she do it was still traveling Sonic Express was sitting behind the leader and Stickman was trying to force off the pegs up the straight, did she do it? Held on and won in second gear. Indusky battled on bravely for second. Sonic Express never got clear in third spot. Stickman was really good in fourth, looking for a run, and got into a pushing battle with Lydia's Art late in the race. Outside of the winner, Stickman was the one from the first heat to follow. Hands on was the dominant favourite in heat number two at $2.20 off the second line. Classic Major and Abstract Art showed speed at the start and crossed down with Classic Major holding the front in the run to the first turn. Abstract Art was in the chair. Sweet Creation was behind the leader. Ultra Bliss in the 1-1. And Stealth Bomber was three pegs after showing no speed in the early stages at all. Robbie Morris moved around to the chair with hands-on and found himself outside the leader with more than two laps to go. But when he got there, he got a big hit to his helmet from Abstract Art. And Abstract Art raced very ungenerously, lost its spot in the running line. I actually thought Grace Pinella was going to pull it out of the race down the back straight, but continued to follow them around. The lead time was much quicker than the first heat, 59-6, followed by slow quarters of 32-4 and 31-3. 
In the mix-up down the back straight, Sunshine Pepper was able to push into the running line. Inside the final lap, hands-on went to the front as Classic Major began to tie, and Robbie Morris was happy to let hands-on stride. Sweet Creation managed to squeeze off the inside, forcing Ultra Bliss out wider on the track, and Sunshine Pepper made its run at them very wide. Meanwhile, the leader was off and gone, giving Morris the first two heats with hands-on winning easily. Stealth Bomber finished second after sitting three pegs. Gate speed's a real issue with it. Peyton's Rock worked home from near the tail of the field for third, while Sunshine Pepper got tied after making its run wide on the track. Better to be tricky was the $2.20 favourite in the third heat as Morris went for a clean sweep. There was a bit of speed in the early stages as Luigi tried to cross Jeffcoat and it wasn't until they had raced into the back straight the first time that Luigi decided to take the sit. Morris on better to be tricky let him balance up before going forward and putting pressure on Jeffcoat who relented immediately. Whiskey Girl was first over, Hey There Joe second over and Tiger third over. Wallaroy Boy was very untractable from the start. With one and a half laps to go, our ideal dream got away from the inside and went three wide and moved around to the chair. The leader looked to be over racing. Slow lead time of 63 seconds, followed by a slow first quarter of 32, but then the speed quickened right up. Better to be tricky started to pull away from them down the back straight the final time. Our ideal dream had run its race, so too had Luigi, and a few of the drivers had to look to save ground and were weaving in and out. Racing Paula came around the tying Luigi and Rouge Bling followed. And then on the final turn, Racing Paula stayed to the inside looking for a run on the back of Jeffcoat while Rouge Bling eased to the outside and found clear air wider on the track. Better to be tricky was never in any danger, won comfortably. Rouge Bling got second on the back of a top drive by Grace Pinella. Jeffcoat held on for third after being worked early while Racing Paula never got a crack at them in the straight and was down the track. The second and the third heats ran exactly the same time. Best of the heats wins, in my opinion, was hands-on after it was forced to do a lot of work and, and put them away after racing outside the leader. Best of the beaten runners was Stickman in the first heat. And the best beaten drive in the three heats was Grace Pinella on Rouge Bling, an absolute cracker, um, finishing second in that final heat. But I think hands-on is the one to beat in the final. <laughs> The inner city pace has been a good race for a number of years and not too often you see trainers go out or drivers go out and dominate the heats. But on Friday night, Robbie Morris, three heats, three wins, and he's joining me to have a chat. Hello, Robbie. How are you? Good, mate. How are you? Really well. Good night for you at the office at uh, Maitland on Friday night. Yeah, it was um, It was a really good night. It's always a good, good carnival to get up there and um, I was lucky enough to have three, three drives in three heats and they all... All come home winners, so yeah, it was a good night all round. All right, well, let's have a look at each of them, um, and we go to heat number one. Well, what do we talk about here? Because we saw, did she do it to prove too uh, too good for them? Drew Barrier one, and I guess that gate speed was a was a big plus in uh, in her um, in her victory. Yeah, obviously she's a she's a really neat little mare. She's got good gate speed. She's got good good manners. She drops a bit when she finds a spot, so. Look, obviously, with the inner city pace getting drawn on NR, I think they said today that she can draw one to three. So she comes up with a handy barrier draw again and, and gets a good trip. I don't know if she could lead in the final with a bit more pressure on. She probably got it pretty easy that first thousand metres in the heat. But, um, look, she, she raced really well and she's come through the run break. So, yeah, it was good to see her get the win. 
What do you think of her as a as a race mare? Um, she's she's done a good job for for the team. She's won eleven races in her career, and and her recent form's been really strong. Yeah, well, I think with um, Lizzie sort of only gave us seven or eight runs. She was given to us by Eric Anderson, who's always been a good supporter of the stable, and she's been a little bit travelled around, but she seemed to have fell into our routine really good. And um, look, I, I think she could keep progressing through the grades, obviously. Her gate speed is a massive attribute and she can put herself in the right spots and, you know, she'll follow any speed. And I think the further she gets up in grade, the more she'll enjoy the tempo of the races. So, yeah, I think she's a, I don't know if she'll ever get the Saturday night grade, but she's got a few more wins left, you know, that's for sure. What about heat number two? That was hands-on. Now, he's been in Queensland during the Inter-Dominion series. He's been racing in, uh, in the support races and that trip away looks to have done him the world of good. Yeah, it really has. Um, you know, obviously we enjoy doing that with our horses when the better ones go away. If we got a bit of an opinion of one, we'll take it with them just to get them in that routine and just to let them. Sometimes I think a trip away just brings them on, and and um, he's really he enjoyed his time in Queensland. He, he won in one and a couple of seconds, and yeah, he come back to went to make them really good. He done a bit of work and. Um, just that park that he was um he was really strong. He did it quite easy, to be honest. Yeah, I was really happy with it. Gee, if you're a footballer, I reckon they would have called you off for an HIA because Abstract Art gave you a fair whack in the head with two laps to go. Yeah, it um, was getting a bit pulley and it got over the top of it. So I was sort of worried it was going to flatten his tyre there for a minute. It got over the top of me, but well, lucky enough, I, I copped most of it and his tyre stayed up, so that was good. So with hands on, he, he looked to be travelling really strongly, and you just let him stride in that final in that final lap. Yeah, look, I, I think he's um I, I think he's a pretty nice horse. We've sort of got hopes of he's come right the right time of year. We've sort of targeted the inner city pace, and then if we get through this, okay, maybe even Tamworth and the Golden Guitar. Um, he just rattles around them half mile tracks so well, and. Um, probably getting up a grade now, so the, the draw's always going to hurt him. I think he's, he's got to draw nine or ten in, in the inner city base, but obviously he drew ten in the heat on Saturday, Friday night and he was able to overcome it. And I do think that was the hardest heat of the three as well. So, um, yeah, look, he's come through the run really good and, yeah, I think he's a nice horse going forward. Ran through the line well, like had a fair bit left in the tank? Yeah, I didn't even. He's, he's typical batters. He only does what he has to, but... um. I didn't pull the earplugs or the dollies, and he always gives a good, good couple of length kick when I pull them. So um, yeah, he did it really good. He was well and truly doing it very easy. What about better to be tricky? Um, it looked to be getting up on the chewy, and despite the quarters, the second quarter twenty eight four, twenty eight nine, twenty eight seven looked to be going pretty keenly though. Yeah, old tricky. He had a way over time out in front. It's been a long time since he's been able to get out in front and, and roll along like that. He's been a great horse to the stable and. Um, his connections have been super with us and they've always, he's raced a lot of years now and he's done such a good job and he's just one of them horses that you love to have in the stable and it was good to see him rewarded for that. Um, I think he's going to draw four with the way that the, everything qualified. So you know, if, he, if he was able to get to the top again and run them sectionals, um, he'll be hard to chase. He, he likes that getting out in front and bowling along and I think he ran the last three quarters there on Friday night and sort of, 28-8, 28-1 and 28-7. So, you know, when they're running them sectionals around Maitland, they're hard to chase. Uh, just, there was some speed underneath you in the early stages um, with Luigi and also Jeff Coat. If you wanted to be a part of that speed burn, could you have been? Uh, yeah, I could have been. I it just, 
there wasn't any need to yeah. on paper. It just looked like they were going to try and sort each other out early and whichever one won that little battle would be happy with a sit. So I was just happy to make sure I stayed in front of me, main dangers behind me. And, um, and yeah, I was just happy to let them sort themselves out early. But if, if I wanted to, we could have, yeah. So who do you drive in the final? Um, I'm going to stick with hands on. He's, um, he's a favourite of mine and uh, he's such a cool dude. I'm, I'm going to stick with hands on. And then um, what, Josh Josh picks up the drive on the, on the second stringer or has that decision been made yet? Yeah, I sort of leave that to Josh. Um, I'd say he'll, judging on the way they felt and the way they raced, I'd say he'd pick Tricky. Um, and then that'll leave the door open for, for Chloe Formosa, who's been doing a really good job as a junior driver first. And um, she'll, she'll drive, did she do it? So what's the story with Chloe? How long has she been uh, working for the team? I think Chloe's been working for us for just over six months. Um, yeah, obviously, I've always had a good relationship with her father, Michael Formosa, who's a super horseman in his own right. So Chloe come to us after a stint in the gallops, and um, she wanted to have a real good crack at being a junior driver. And um, yeah, she she settled in really good. She she listens, you know. And she's always learning, and um, you know she takes all the advice off me and Josh in the world, and, and Kerry helps her a bit. So you know she's coming along really good, mate. Um... You're a very busy man over the uh, the Christmas period. You're off to Bathurst on Boxing Night for the Shirley Turnbull Memorial. Good to see the Inner Dominion horses coming back, and you're going to back them up pretty quickly. Kanina Provlima and Pete said so, both going around in the feature event on on Boxing Night. Yeah, that's right. They both had such good Inter Dominion campaigns, and they travelled home so well. You know, the two old boys they they handled everything really good, and they freshened up nice. Um, you know, the Shirley Turnbull. I think Pete Senso ran second in it last year. Um, so, you know, it's been a race that we've had a little bit of luck in. So hopefully we can get up there. And we've got two really good shows in, in Canada Problema and Pete Senso. How have they pulled up after the Inter-Dominion series? Uh, did it knock them around at all? Nah, they're, um, they're easy going, the pair of the lads. They're, um, yeah, no, they've pulled up. Honestly, you you wouldn't know they've had they've had the four runs in such quick concession. They've, they've pulled up great. They've come home good. Um, obviously, it's always a benefit to have the treadmills and the swims and the walkers and things like that, but they freshened up real nice and um, they had a piece of work that day morning and, um, and felt super. So, um, yeah, all, all engines ready to go for Tuesday night. What did you make of Kanina Provlima and Pete said so on watching the replays in the, well, you drove one of them, but what did you make of the two runners in the Inner Dominion final? Yeah, well, I, I thought both stuff. I think they ran seventh and eighth, a pair of them. But um, Pete said so. He looked like on paper early. He might have got a good trip on better equips. But when he got going early, it sort of took my live helmet away from me, which is always going to hurt. But he, he made good ground wide in just sectionals that you just don't see him run. And Canada Problema actually got up the fence and ran into a little bit of a dead end with 100 to go. And I'm not saying he would have finish much closer. He might have ran fifth or sixth if he didn't run into that dead end, but he was super himself. I think they both raced and I think one went, I think Kanina Problema went 51-4 for the last mile and Pete said so went just a shade slower than that. So the sectionals that they're running off the track and through the middle of them, you know, they're both their runs were super. We couldn't have been any prouder of the team and a lot of work goes into having them spot on on the right day. You know, it doesn't just start the week before or the week of the heat that starts for months and months in advance. So it was just good to see 
both of them raced so well throughout the carnival and put the Lucky Lodge name up in life. Mate, you're you're a family man. Um, Christmas time, pretty special time for for you and the family. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, I'm lucky now. Archie's eight and he gets the most of meetings with me now when he's on school holidays. So, um, yeah, it'd be good. Stella's Stella's too. She's up and about. She knows sort of what's going on now. So, yeah, looking forward to having Sunday Monday off. I think you know that'll be good and spend a bit of time with the family and then straight back into it Tuesday. What about Archie? Is, is is he is he the next Morris in the in the line of drivers? Do you think? Yeah, I, I'd say so. He's pretty keen on it. He follows me around everywhere, and he um got his eyes on everything and notices everything. So it's um hopefully something that you know in probably eight well he's eight now, so another eight years time. Hopefully we see him with the junior drivers and doing his best and see how he goes. Were you always were you always following your dad around? Was it always going to be your thing when you were a kid? Yeah, pretty much. I was never far far away from dad. Um, always wanted to do it. I don't even think there was ever a time where I wanted to do anything else. I was I was pretty fanatic with it all. So, um, yeah, he's a little bit the same. He knows all the horses and all the owners and what's going to go where. So, yeah, look, I think it's one of them things that if you're going to be successful at it, you've got to be heavily invested in it, you know, and it's really going to control your life, which is some stage, some actually it's a little bit hard with that, but, you know, it's, it's one of them things that I think if you're going to be good at it, you've got to really love it. So, um, yeah, I loved it from a young age and, and he's a bit the same. And the harder you work, the the better the results, mate. Uh, congratulations with the performance at, uh, at Maitland and all the best of luck at Bathurst on Boxing Night. Appreciate it, mate. Thanks for having me. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Winning. Hey, that's pretty good. Winner. That was legitness. That I say, all right, all right, all right. Wow, winning. Bam. Just like that. That's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. A winner. Just like that. I'm the winner. Is... Neither of us again. Um, that time of the week where Mr. T and I go head and head and try and find a winner. Now, Mr. T had one scratching last week, so the updated scoreboard sees me leading at minus $20, while Mr. T is on minus $68. The way it works, we give two tips each week. We put $10 wager on both on the New South Wales tab, and we track the results. Now, Mr. T is our Bathurst way. He challenged me about six or seven weeks ago, but is still a fair way behind. Maybe that might change this week. His two tips, race two, number nine at Bathurst on Boxing Night. He's going with Mac Assassin. I actually tweeted about the win on this horse last week, Doug Hewitt, super drive on that occasion, refused to come wide on the track, he actually ducked back to the sprint lane, it was a really good drive, Um, they need the claim this week, so Jake Bagini jumps in the cart, so that is race two, number nine, and that's Mac Assassin, and the second one for Mr T is race five, number one, Balraj, he must have been listening to the podcast on repeat, because I've been talking up Balraj start after start. Interesting to see what he does off the gate in the Shirley Turnbull Memorial because he has been driven so cold at his most recent starts, but that is the second of Mr T's tips. That is race five at Bathurst, number one, Balraj. Uh, My two, I'm going Boxing Night, race five, number one, Hall Stitched Up. Now, that's at Dubbo, raced in the Red Ochre and the Soldiers Saddle Final at its past two and comes up with Barrier One in a much weaker event does have gate speed and there has been a driving change with Matt Rue taking over from Olivia Frisbee. I think it's going to take some beating off the pole. Race five, number one, hall stitched up. And Penrith Thursday, 
Um, fields are out. Race five, number six, Teresa Love. Looks really well in despite the awkward draw. And with the informed Jack Brown in the sulky, I think she's going to take a world of beating. Since arriving in Australia, she's done all of her racing on the Menangle track. So the move to Penrith is somewhat of a concern. But if she handles it, I think she's going to be very hard to beat. So race five, number six, Teresa Love at Penrith on Thursday. In fantasy harness racing, Champo 71 still has a big lead in the overall points after four rounds. He's on 3,177 with Jack Morris second on 3,051 and Manning 1990 on 3,047. Last year's winner, Will Norman, he's sixth back on 3,026. Um, I'm 88th overall, back on 2,692 points. Round four this week was won by Hamish with 782 in front of Luke Tabone on 767 and Paddy B on 763. Interesting week with your captain this week with no Menangle. Big meeting at Bathurst and a chance to earn some big points. I think I might be making my captain Robbie Morris this week because he's doing plenty of driving. Good luck uh, on what you choose to do and who you make your captain and who you trade in and out of your team. That just about wraps up the podcast for this week. A huge Merry Christmas to everyone and all the best for the new year. Big thanks to both um, Bailey and Robbie for joining me on this Christmas edition. I'll be back with another podcast next week as we look to welcome in the new year. Might see next week if we can go through and have a look at some of the highlights from 2023 and what we can look forward to in 2024. Have a great week and I'll catch you next Sunday for the Sunday session. 